Public service announcement. Hello, listeners. What the hell is going on with Australia and the Chinese Communist Party? Today on a Blind Insights public service announcement. Hello, listeners, and welcome to hopefully what will be a short public service announcement. <laughs> Sitting in the virtual studio at the other end of Zoom, which is not really problematic, even though it comes from China, is Tim. <laughs> Yeah, well, like most things. Thank you very much for having me. I'm speaking to you on a um, microphone that was made in Australia, but everything else technology-wise here was made in China. So, uh, And this could be perceived as being a problem, but what I want to argue today is there is no problem with China. There is no problem mm-hmm. with the Chinese people. And this is why I titled this little public service announcement today, What is Going On With Australia and the Chinese Communist Party? which I'm going to abbreviate to CCP because it's too long to say multiple oh, times. Yeah. So we have a fairly senior CCP administration person putting up a doctored photo of an Australian soldier cutting the throat of an Afghan child. And the CCP won't apologize and call us hypocrites. And The media are sort of covering this and politicians are sort of saying things, but I think we need a better context to understand what's going on at the moment. If you want to understand CCP influence in Australia historically, and the fact that our political elite are beginning to wake up to CCP influence in Australia, the best place to start is Clive Hamilton's book, Silent Invasion about how much CCP influence there is in Australia over politics and economics and within major institutions and the media. And he's now followed that up with a book called Hidden Hand, which is all about CCP influence worldwide. The CCP has been on a slow and steady path to gaining influence worldwide as a way to become a superpower. It's not an illogical thing to do, If you're powerful and you want more power and you want to consolidate your power, you aim to have influence over things. The problem is it's got no interest in having influence for doing the right thing, behaving well and treating people with care. It just wants compliance and for countries to show due deference. That's its model. If we look at Australia, we are a massive producer of raw materials and a massive producer of food. Two things the CCP desperately needs for its population of nearly 1.4 billion people. And yet our main security partner is the United States. We're a Western democracy. We're a liberal democracy. We're a multicultural society that at a minimum tolerates difference. The CCP does none of these things at home, has no interest in doing any of these things, And to maintain economic growth and to maintain food security and to maintain social cohesion at home needs raw materials at a consistent low cost and needs food at a consistent low cost. And we are the easiest and most reliable provider of natural resources and food, but we're also a liberal democracy in the United States security camp, which is very problematic for China. The main reason they've been seeking to have a large amount of influence in Australia is because they need our raw materials and food if they're going to continue 
their economic miracle and if they're going to continue to buy off their population with quality of life and no political and social freedom. So earlier this year, after a few years of warnings from people like Clive Hamilton and people within the intelligence and security community, because of how the Chinese behaved over COVID and the initial mismanagement of COVID-19, the Australian political elite, at least on the conservative side of the parliament, woke up and started asking questions and going, we want less interference in Australian internal matters. Unfortunately, instead of doing this quietly, our Prime Minister stood up and asked questions and suggested an international investigation into how China handled COVID-19, which was not just seen as, gee, this would be a good idea to make the world a better place. This was seen as an upstart, small Western democracy trying to throw its weight around like its big, scary ally, the United States, was right on its hip or shoulder and ready to back it to the hilt, which from a Chinese perspective was totally and utterly unacceptable that we would call them out on anything. So where we have people like Penny Wong at the moment saying, could everyone calm down and can we do this in a reasoned way? She's totally and utterly missing the point. There's nothing reasoned about what's going on. Australia has stopped being compliant. It has stopped being sufficiently influenced by the CCP. That is a threat to raw materials and food. So the CCP will punish Australia for daring to have an opinion that doesn't show due deference to the CCP. The CCP official who put up the Twitter post is the main person who posts stuff to do with what is called the Wolf Warrior approach. Wolf Warrior was a film the Chinese media made with a lot of CCP support. It's all about ex-Chinese special forces saving Africans from dastardly Western mercenaries. And Wolf Warrior politics is all about the fact that the CCP is pretending it is going to be the savior of the developing world. It is going to be the champion of the downtrodden everywhere. What it's basically trying to say is we do authoritarianism on our own people. We screw you over for your resources. But if we keep saying that we're your hero a thousand times, as we've seen with Donald Trump and with Putin, if you repeat a lie a thousand times and it's all people here, it becomes true. So the idea that you can reason with this wolf warrior perspective, which is all about just continuing to disseminate disinformation about the reality of how the CCP functions in the world. Uh, this is a major problem for Australia because from a CCP perspective, we have to be compliant. They need our resources. They want to buy our food, but they don't want to have to worry about us being difficult, asking difficult questions, or perhaps making our own decisions and finding different markets and leaving them in the lurch for high quality, low cost product, which would cause them untold problems. So our economic elite here in Australia still seem to essentially have accepted the CCP's perspective that they're by nine. And most of the economic elite in Australia still seem to believe that if you just all get on with business, we'll all get along and we'll all be nice. 
Well, if we look historically at the 1930s, this, of course, is bullshit. That unless a society decides it's going to be a particular way and very carefully manages its economy so it doesn't corrode politics and society, politics and society will be corroded. So at the moment, the CCP and the Putin regime try and do a similar thing with democracies. They try and discredit them so they can convince their own people, why would you want democracy? Look how crap it is. So the fact that some Australian special operations soldiers killed some Afghanis, as terrible as it is, is not being called out by the CCP for any positive reason to make the world a better place. It's being called out so they can justify to 1.4 billion citizens. Why would you want to be a democracy? That's what democracies are like. They're evil. They don't do the right thing. They have no rule of law. Of course, if we turn that on the CCP, they're still putting Uyghurs in equivalents of concentration camps. They're now starting to try and stop inner Mongolians from speaking Mongolian or having any of their residual culture left. They're continuing to do immense harm to Tibetans having any culture of their own. But if they keep repeating the message, it sticks. So Australia is in the difficult situation at the moment of we are too small to deal with this on our own. So what the Chinese are working out is okay. If we push a medium to small liberal democracy, very obviously in the United States security camp, hard, we threaten to take away their economic security. We threaten to not send Chinese kids back to study, thus destroying the Australian education industry as a viable economic thing. Will they become compliant? And will the rest of the West step up and support Australia? So the Chinese are working out two things here. One, do alliances in the liberal democratic West mean a damn thing? And two, if they can manage to break slash humiliate slash make Australia backpedal and tolerate Chinese garbage, tolerate CCP garbage, what's the lesson that every other small to medium liberal democracy gets? It gets the message that you don't stand up to the CCP, that you don't stand up to the CCP, that you don't question the CCP, but also that your Western liberal democratic allies are not likely to turn up unless there's bombs and bullets flying. So what we're really seeing here is the new form of warfare that the CCP have been perfecting for 30 years, where you do not need a bomb or a bullet to get compliance and to stop people calling the CCP out. It's a war of attrition, right? Absolutely. It's a war of attrition that we are poorly equipped to fight because we think in terms of war as war. Yeah. And the alliances are stuck in that as well, right? So the alliances are bound by that. So therefore, the ways that alliances react to these kinds of silent invasion threats, let's say, is, well, it's nothing. <laughs> no, well, they don't know how. Yeah. So if we look a couple of weeks ago, our prime minister was in Japan signing a major agreement for reciprocal access between Australia and Japan militarily to be able to start training and doing things together. Isn't it rather odd timing that two weeks after something so major, the CCP ramps up its attempt 
to demoralize, humiliate, and essentially browbeat Australia. We've just done the most major thing to potentially bring two middle, you know, sized democracies together to say, we don't have a problem with China, but we have a problem with how the CCP's behaving and suddenly we're being attacked right at the time where Trump cares more about, can he get anyone to believe the election was rigged and Biden's busy hiring all the people that worked with Obama who thought China was going to turn into a nice social democracy. So the CCP has picked the time where Australia and Japan have done something brave and our big ally that may or may not be useful is not even paying attention. So it took until today for the US ambassador to Australia to say something moderately useful. And that's too low down the food chain to really be of any significance. What did he say? Sorry, I'm not up on that part. Oh, he just came out and said it was inappropriate behavior and China should apologize. Oh, nice. Yeah, tell the tell the the kid off. That's going to work. Yeah, not that actually the only thing that's meaningful to say is, well, you want to punish Australia economically, we will ensure that liberal democracies around the world support each other so they can't be bullied. <laughs> yeah, because it, this is in, in many ways economic attacks, right? Well, that's what it fundamentally is, break the Australian economy so that Australians are so desperate to have a government that just gets business back on track and says, all right, we'll never talk about the state of the world again. We'll never talk about the degree of influence that China's bought in Australia again. We'll never question how the CCP allowed Chinese companies to behave all Mm. over the world. We'll never question again whether Chinese high-tech companies, you know, that are 50% state-owned are actually a security threat to a liberal democracy. We'll never ask any of those questions again. Just let us make money digging holes and selling food. It actually kind of doesn't just show how thoughtful the CCP is about how to apply pressure. It shows how thoughtless we've been about preparing for the world to become a difficult place. Yeah. Yeah. Rested on our laurels, right? Dig a hole, grow some shit. Yeah. We've kept digging holes. So most of our economic elite just want to dig holes and grow some shit and make a heap of money. I mean, that seems if we take, let's say a William Glasser approach to these kinds of things, we can't control what, the CCP does. We so can only control what we do. That's right. Like so, I mean, the solutions seem to be home-based. I feel like that's... But then the problem becomes, and this is, I guess, a problem with a lot of liberal Western democracies or liberal democracies, is that they're tied up in neoliberal economic outlooks that stop them from being able to prepare for a different kind of future. As we've seen, we can do reactionary Keynesianism for COVID-19. So now it's time to do reactionary Keynesianism for a genuine security threat. Mm. Like COVID did kill some people. The Chinese are going to cripple our economy or cripple our economy until we become compliant. Yeah. And if we become compliant, who will next become compliant? Who's the next little country they'll squash like a steamroller? And I mean, all without ever firing a shot because that's not the nature of modern conflict. Right, of course. You would imagine that South Korea is pretty high up on that target list. I mean, well, at just... the moment, I would assume, I wish I could read the Japanese press. Mm. If well, we're Japan copying this at the moment yeah. for the agreement, you know, Japan normally has to deal with Chinese flying into their airspace at least a couple of times yeah. a day and has to scramble fast jets at least a couple of times a day. How bad's that got? 
since our Prime Minister was in Japan signing an agreement. Interesting. Well, they probably won't announce it, but I imagine they were preparing for it to get worse. So the interesting other you know, comment in the media today was Taiwan saying, well, now you're under threat as well. Maybe we should assure each other's security. Yeah. I'm thinking, how's that for the ultimate irony? The people who fled mainland China to Taiwan to build a society that wasn't run by the CCP, who've stood alone without being acknowledged as a state for decades, are the only ones who have the guts to say something. Mm. They're the ones that had the guts to flee, right? Precisely. They're the ones who said, don't want to be a part of this, build a new society. Mm. Everyone's They're the ones who get so revved up about democracy that they throw pig guts at each other in parliament. And I'm viewing that as a sign of a strong democracy, not of being, you know, crazy. It's actually a sign of how much things matter to them. It's a bit weird. It's actually about importing pork from America with strange chemicals in it. Right. So I'm actually all for, you know, don't import American pork into Taiwan. But that's yes. way off topic. I mean, it's uh, a lot better than bringing a lump of coal into Parliament. Anyway. Well, it's far more interesting. <laughs> yes. I think that might be a point to end this. Otherwise, it starts becoming a real episode instead of a PSA. So I want to thank you for your insight. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to stand to benefit from gaining mm, the understanding that we're not getting anywhere else uh, that you've provided here today. So. Just one thing to add at the end. Mm. Make sure, as hard as it is to say, that you say the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, because the CCP has spent decades teaching its population that if someone says they're anti-CCP, what they're really saying is they're anti-China, anti-Chinese people. So we made, we need to make it as clear as possible. Our problem is with the CCP and its behaviour, not with the 1.4 billion people who are just trying to make a better life. Well, on that fantastic point, I'm sure we've got a, an arduous road ahead. But I guess, yeah, the main point is to be careful with our language and to think about this as a fight against authoritarianism as opposed to mm, racial or even It's not about communism. It's not about race. It's not even really about a country. Yeah. It's about the regime that runs a country. Yep. Well, thank you very much, David. Thank you, Tim, and thank you, audience. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe and like our Facebook page. Search for Blind Insights with David Olney. Also, don't forget that we have merchandise. Thank you to the Ozcast Network. Peace out. Mm-hmm.